The Guardian. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, and 24-7 support. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code GUARDIAN to get 10% off. The Guardian Books Podcast with Claire Armistead. As the season of literary log-rolling draws to its close, we take a satirical look at eight of the big books of the year with The Guardian's John Crace and try to digest what they reveal about the state we're in at the end of 2013. Today's digested read is The Guts by Roddy Doyle, a sequel to the 1987 novel that made his name, The Commitments. It's been a bit of a year for Doyle, with a musical version of The Commitments opening in London, and Jimmy Rabbit making his reappearance, now a 47-year-old father of four, and dealing with a spot of trouble on the health front. Is that you, Jimmy? says Jimmy's dad, Jimmy Rabbit. Who the fuck do you think it was? One of the other Jimmys. Well, as it goes, I'm feeling shite. I've got bowel cancer. That is shite. It makes me shit shite. You fancy another drink? Grand. You told Aoife and the kids? Nah. On the way out of the pub, Jimmy Jr. saw a woman in the corner that he recognised. It must have been 20 years. Amelda! Good to see you, Jimmy. If you fancy riding us, then give me a text. Back home, Jimmy poured himself a drink before Aoife got home. I've got bowel cancer. That's shite, she said. But it's not as shite as lung or brain cancer. We'll be okay. We've enough money in that. Just don't play any fucking super tramp. Now go and tell the kids. I've got something to tell you, three Jimmies. I'm not called Jimmy, said Mahela. I'm a girl. You ought to tell your brother. I've not spoken to Les for 20 years. Just do it. Is that you, Les? It's my fucking phone, isn't it? I've got bowel cancer. That's shite. I had it a while back. The chemo was leaving Jimmy well, feeling pretty shite, and he hadn't the energy to ask Nolene how their record business was going. It's going shite, she said. All the kids are downloading stuff for free and they don't give a fuck about our old Irish shite prog rockers and punk bands. Then how about making an album for the Pope's visit? That's the shitest idea I ever heard. On his way home, Jimmy got a phone call. His cancer was in remission. I don't mind telling you, I had a blurb. That's grand city for me too and don't let's worry about having no money and stuff. We've got enough and you and the kids are both well and that's all that really matters. Did I ever tell you I used to live in Barrytown and used to be in the commitments? Will you ever fucking stop going on about it? Why don't you just fuck off with Les and a few of your old muckers to the electric picnic? Against even the most arbitrary laws of narrative probability, Jimmy's ridiculous plan to pass off his son Marvin's band as a Bulgarian group playing Irish classics from 1932 went down a storm. The kids loved them and the business was going to be all right for now. I love you, Jimmy, said Jimmy. I'm Marvin. How are we feeling? Top of the morning. Jimmy Rabbit there. With me in the studio to chew it all over are Guardian Culture Supremo Casper Llewellyn-Smith 
and long-term commitments fan Hannah Freeman. Casper, tell us about the influence of the commitments. Is it something that, that we still think about all these years on? Well, it was a book that uh, Doyle self-published, I think, in 1987 before it became a, a sort of word-of-mouth hit. And he was lucky that one of the early readers was Elvis Costello, who I think was living in Dublin at the time and said, if you want to know what Dublin's like and if you're a musician, this is the place to go. Clearly, it was helped by the Alan Parker movie that was made of it. So I think for a generation of people, just about count myself on that, they came to the book through the film, which just had this incredible soundtrack and sort of introduced soul music to a, a generation of kids and then clearly the commitments he built on that success with the rest of the Barrytown trilogy. So sort of hugely important book for Roddy Doyle, clearly. But also the thing about music, you hear something, it always carries this incredibly strong nostalgic pull in your mind. If you can think of the book, but you also think of the film and it sort of takes you straight back there. You hear the tunes in your head whenever you think of it. Now, Hannah, you said you came to Roddy Doyle through the soundtrack to The Commitments. Even before I'd seen the film, it was the soundtrack that was passed between Friends and birthday compilation CDs always contained little bits from The Commitments. So that's how I was introduced to Jimmy and the band. Do you think that it's dated as a a frame of musical reference? Not for me, because... It wasn't a music that we were listening to on the radio then when we were sharing it together. It, it was old then. It's nostalgic for us because we remember our teenage years. It's a very clever trick, that, isn't it? Yeah. If you can be there at a moment in someone's life, they're never going to let you go. Yeah. You talk about compilation CDs, but they're probably tapes, weren't they? Probably cassette tapes. Not CDs, that old, CDs barely existed, though, in the late, the late <laughs> 80s. They were quite a new thing. Was it a good idea to bring poor old Jimmy Rabbit creaking back to life, still in the pub with his dar? I think it was, although it broke my heart many times reading it. The fact that he was 47, in my mind, he, he was still there in his early 20s with his friends trying to get this band together. And then suddenly he's 47. It took me a long time to kind of come to terms with that. And the fact that he's so ill and other members of the band are so ill and it's all kind of going downhill. He's got a new friend in, in this book who... He doesn't even have a bank account. He just, he, he lives hand to mouth. But Jimmy seems to be all right, it looks like. I, I do think it was still a good idea, though. I mean, he's a great character. Yeah. I was actually, frankly, surprised that there he was happily married. Well, although he, he, he strays a little bit, but not, not, not in any terribly terminal way, does he? Not in a terminal way. I think probably because it's more interesting that he feels guilty that he isn't suffering the same fate as his friends. To be honest, he's got enough on his plate. He's got bowel cancer. You can't make the man destitute as well. Roddy Doyle has always been quite a, redemp- a redemptive writer, hasn't he? He's, he? Things do tend to end up. There's a sort of almost like a sentimentality, you know, and that's mir- mirrored in Jimmy Rabbit saying, oh, everything's grand. He's grand. He's sitting having chemotherapy and it's grand. I always think that that's a front though it's not really grand but he kind of he feels that he has to say that I think that's a very male thing to say and I think that's a uh, you know possibly a very Irish male thing to say as well this kind of fantastic understatement uh, and underplaying the whole thing the whole time tell us about the um, commitments musical Casper was that grand it's, it's had sort of mixed reviews, I think it's fair to say. I think the, the notice in The Guardian, I think, gave it a three-star review, maybe a two-star review. 
some people feel that it is just another jukebox musical, uh, something that just pumps out the hits. And, and actually, there's an argument that if you want to go and hear some proper proper music, you'll be better off actually going to a, to a pub, possibly in Dublin, to find it rather than into the West End with that sort of West End audience. Doyle is very famous for his dialogue, and you could hear that in the Digested Read. And among writers, he's famous for introducing the dash instead of inverted commas for speech. Does his dash still have its dash, do you think, in this? I think so. It uh, whips along. It's about what's written, not how it's written. Casper, do you think the Barry Town trilogy is his best work? Well, I've got to confess, actually, because we're heading towards Christmas <laughs> for Roddy Doyle's books, I'd say that Rover Says Christmas is, is my favourite of his, which is one of his children's books. About uh, a dog, no doubt. A Dublin dog. It's it? a Dublin dog, and, and it involves uh, travelling across the globe delivering presents, uh, but also starts with a surreal scene and a baking hot day with, with two lizards on the bank of the Liffey in Dublin. Uh, fantastic book. Roddy Doyle's The Guts is published by Jonathan Cape, and the digested read, Digested... All together now is Rabbit Rabbit. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, drag-and-drop tools, and 24-7 support. Squarespace also offers seamless e-commerce solutions for you or your small business. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look brilliant on any device. Start your free trial today, no credit card required. As a Guardian podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your new account by using the offer code GUARDIAN. For more great downloads, go to theguardian.com slash audio.